Come on, y'all give God a hand in this place. Y'all have a seat for me. How is everybody doing today? Everybody good? Listen, I'm excited today. I, okay, so Michaela, great job on the announcements, by the way. Y'all give her a hand. That was awesome. And Chelsea, new worship. That was, I could hear you. You were ripping it, girl. It was good. I liked it. It was very, uh, worship was great today. Uh, and anyway, I'm super excited today. I have a couple of like huge announcements. All right. I'm going to give you one in a second, but I'm going to give you one right now uh, to next week. So we've been working through a series called DNA. All right. And this is our, our, D, our DNA as a church. What makes Oasis Church Oasis Church? If you describe Oasis Church to someone that's never heard of us before, what would you say? Well, hopefully, as we've been working through this series, that you would say four things. Everyone say the same four things. That we are outrageously generous. Y'all say outrageously generous. All right, we're full of faith. All right, we're committed to community. And we're genuinely fun. All right, sometimes I have to just believe that. You know, that last one, sometimes I just try to decide to be fun sometimes. All right, so next week we are going to be talking about how we are genuinely fun. And I was thinking I would rather not talk about that and I would just rather have fun. You know what I'm saying? Like not just talk about fun, but actually do it. Like let's just come in and let's have some fun. So what I did is I threw a Hail Mary. All right, I'm just going to be honest with you. I threw a Hail Mary and uh, asked, okay, I, I had a big ask for a person ask with a K. All right. So I had a big ask for a person and uh, I was going to ask him a big thing to do for us. And uh, guys, it worked. I'm not going to, the Hail Mary was caught and touched down. We win the game. So here's what we're doing next week. Okay. We're not having children's programming. All the kids are going to be in here with us. I'm super excited about it. Huh? In costume. So yeah, if your kids want to wear a costume, wear a costume. That way you can leave here. And if you do trick-or-treating, go trick-or-treating. All right. Have fun. Do whatever you want. But in here, what we're going to do is we're going to have a lot of fun. So uh, there is this world-famous magician that lives in town, all right? And he's had HBO specials before. He loves Jesus. He's, very, he's done this for years. He was actually the president of the Brotherhood, the International Brotherhood of Magicians, like magic.org, which I didn't even know is a website. Like he was the president of a, of a magician federation that has like 20,000 people in it. And uh, this guy is legit, very, very good magician uh, or illusionist. If that makes you feel better, it's an illusionist. All right. So he loves Jesus. And so I told him a little, I got his email and I told him a little bit of our story. His name's Stephen Bergazzi. And uh, I said, Hey, we're a new church plant. Uh, we've been going through our, and we, we fun is a big value of ours. And so I know it's Halloween next Sunday. Uh, so I, I'm just asking you, would you consider coming in and doing a show for our church and for our kids and all that stuff? And, he, and I said, how much would you charge or something like that? And, uh, and he responded, he said, if I can be in my car by 515, because he has a bunch of grandkids he wants to go trick-or-treat with. He said, if I can be in my car by 515, I'll come and do it for free. So he is coming next week to do a show for free for us. I think that's so awesome. You don't have to hear me preach next week, guys. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, so, and I don't have to write a message next week. I'm so excited. Um, and so, and I'm really, I love magic. I love watching. I like trying to figure out how they do. I'm not going to ruin it, you know, but I like watching it and getting fooled. I think that's super fun. So invite people next week. That is such an easy thing to invite people to. You'll be out of here. If you want to go trick-or-treating, you will be out of here in time to go do whatever you want. All right. So we're going to have some popcorn here next week and uh, you'll, we'll come in and just have fun together 
as a church. I promise your kids will love it. It'll be fun for everybody, and uh, he's very, very funny. So it's family-friendly. It's nothing weird. This guy loves Jesus. I'm super excited about it. So uh, thank you, Lord, for that. That was a really, like, honestly, I was thinking, what can we do? And I'm shocked it worked. So look at God. I think it's awesome. We, we were believing for it, baby, and it happened, all right? So uh, we've been doing this series trying to teach you, man, who are we, right? Because I think it's important that we all understand who we are as a church, but also I want you uh, to be these things. I want you to be outrageously generous personally. I want you to be full of faith personally. I want you to personally be committed to community, and I want you to be a fun person. I really do, and I think God wants that for you. And so the first week we talked about outrageous generosity. We talked about how we bless others with our blessings. That's just what we do. That's what we do as followers of Jesus is that we bless others with our blessings. That's what generosity is. Well, here's the next big announcement I have, okay? This is crazy. Last week, Stephanie and I went to the ART Conference. ART is the organization that we planted our church through. And uh, man, we get down there once a year and it's like a big family reunion. And so this year, because they didn't know what COVID was going to do when we bought the tickets. They did two identical conferences back-to-back. They did a conference on Tuesday and Wednesday through Wednesday morning, and then they did a conference Wednesday night through all day Thursday. It was the same exact conference both days. We went to the first conference, and we get to the first conference. It was amazing. We heard this guy speak named Pastor Jeff Little. He was great. He wrote a book, and we ended up staying for the second conference. Art ended up giving us two extra tickets. We weren't even supposed to be there. Well, this guy, Pastor Jeff Little, he gets up to speak again. And right before he got up to speak, I bought his book because I want to take some guys through the book that he had. And I thought it was really good. And But when he was up there preaching his message the second time, there's 2,000 church planners, by the way, in this building. Okay, so this is very, it's a big conference. And uh, the second time, second session, he gets up there. He says, hey, I want to give every church planner that just planted in the last year a free copy of my book. I'll sign it, whatever. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I just bought his book, and now he's giving it to me for free. And Stephanie had to convince me to go see this guy and go get a second copy of the book. And so, I, like a good husband, I listened to Pastor Stephanie, and I went over there. And uh we wait in this line, and we get to the point in the line where it's our turn, and he said, tell me about your story. Did you plant this year? And so you said, yes. And we were talking to him for 30 seconds. I mean, it wasn't, we're not best friends. I'm, I'm close to being his best friend now, okay? So, but uh, we get up there, we start telling him our story about how when we had this dream, we moved, and COVID happened right after we moved, and we've been launching this church in the midst of COVID, um, which is tough. And he looked at us, and he said, I want to give your church $10,000. Can you believe that? He said, I want to get, our church sets money aside every year at art conference just to bless churches. We want to bless your church with $10,000. Steph and I start crying in front of this man. I don't even know who this dude is. I'm just, I'm like, oh my, I, could, I was shocked. I, I was shocked for a few minutes. And uh, which is amazing because as a little bitty church plant, let me tell you, $10,000 is like hitting the lottery, all right? I'm just gonna be honest with you. Like, I'm like, I feel rich right now, right? And it's not even my money. I'm just saying, like, that's a lot of money to us right now. And uh, just because of where we are as a church. And so Steph and I, we get back to our seat. We sit down. Next session starting in a little bit. And uh, we look at each other and Steph and I make the decision. And I'm super excited. I'm, I'm more excited about this than if somebody were to like give us a building. I'm gonna be honest. So this, I'm so excited. We looked at each other and we said, we're going to give every penny away. And we are. 
And I'm going to share with you what we're going to do with that $10,000, what we want to do with that $10,000. We're not going to keep a dime of that stuff. Why? Because we're outrageously generous. And we bless others through the blessings that God gives us. And thankfully, because of your generosity, because how you sow into this church every single week, we're not in a financial position where like we're going to live or die by that $10,000. And we've been very conservative over the course of our church because who knows what COVID's going to do tomorrow, right? And so we, we've been very conservative. We're not hurt. We're, we're good. And so this $10,000, we looked at each other and was like, I can't, we're going to give it all away. And I can't, so here's what we're going to do with it. Y'all want to know what we want to do with the money? I'm super excited. You get to be a part of it. Here's what we're going to do. First thing is there's a local ministry here called Grace Place. And I love this ministry. We were invited to their banquet this past year and got to hear some of their plans that they're wanting to do. And we actually know the person that started this ministry, that runs this ministry. Her name's Denise. Now, pause before I tell any of the rest of this. No one on this list knows what we're doing. You gotta keep it a secret. All right, we're gonna surprise everybody on this list. So keep all this a secret. But Danae's, there's a friend of Stephanie's, and we just texted her this week and said, hey, what do you guys, what's your immediate need right now? And she sent Stephanie a link to a list of just household supplies, like paper towels, Clorox wipes, cleaning supplies, just general stuff you need for houses because this ministry, they take in single moms, moms with kids, moms that have been homeless, moms that come out of abuse situations. They Sometimes they come in out of rehab or maybe even prison. She takes them in and she teaches them skills in life. She takes care of them and she helps them find their next place and to get a job. And all these, she teaches these women some amazing things so they can get back on their feet. And so she said, hey, we just have a list of supplies that we need. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to buy everything on that list, and she's not going to have a need for any of that anymore. Come on, y'all give God a hand, because I think that's pretty awesome. All right, the second thing we want to do is we, we're friends with a guy that Jordan introduces to named Abu. Y'all say Abu. He's like, like the monkey from Aladdin, right? Like, that's, that's how I think of it, because I had a little Abu stuffed animal when I was a kid. I loved it. Uh, so Abu, got to meet him. He is a, he's like a modern-day Paul. Like, you hear stories from him, and you're like, you're making this up, dude. This is crazy. Jordan can tell you a lot more about him. He knows him a lot better than I do. But he uh, has this ministry over in India. And, uh, man, he is trying to reach the most militarized part of the entire world. It's northwest India. It's right near Pakistan. And this area is very hostile. For instance, he raised up a pastor that came from that part of the, the country in India. He, he converted to Christianity through Abu. And Abu sends him back up there to start a church because there are zero Christians in this part of the world. None. Not one. And there's millions and millions of people that live there. There's not one Christian. Not one church. And they hate Christianity. They hate God. They honestly, they don't like America they associate us with Christianity. And Abu sent this man that had come from this part of the country, sent him back as a believer to start a church. And this guy's own brother stabbed him to death because he was a Christian convert. That's the type of stuff Abu's trying to do. We're gonna sow a seed into Abu's ministry. I cannot wait to help him. And he also does a lot of benevolent type work. He'll, he'll provide COVID testing and even that sort of thing. And he'll also provide water. He'll teach people skills. How he helps pastors is that he'll teach them to be an electrician and they'll send them off into a village that doesn't have a church. 
And this isn't in that, that hostile part of the country, but it's in another part of India. He'll send them out, and so that they, these villages, they need an electrician. So they can't kick the pastor out of the region, right? Because they need an electrician. They need taxi drivers. They need these things. Abu trains them in these trades, and he also trains them in the gospel, and he'll start a church in these parts of the world so that people hear about Jesus for the very first time. I'm excited. We're gonna sow a seed into Abu's ministry. Y'all give God a hand for that. I think that's pretty good. What we also wanna do... We might not even get to the message today. I'm so excited. We also, man, obviously we love church planters. We are church planters. And let me tell you, there are churches being planted all over the United States right now through your generosity. And uh, man, uh, ARC is actually about to start focusing on 188 cities where there's not one art church plant in these cities and they're big metroplexes and that represents 75 million people. We wanna start churches in these cities and we could theoretically reach 75 million people through that. Well, one, uh, one of these church planters that's about to plant is, uh, this isn't one of the 88, 188 cities, which we wanna do help. Uh, there there's, needs to be an art church over in uh, uh-huh, Clarksville, all right? So we're, we're praying about who that person, not from us, but whoever that person is, we wanna help. But yeah, yeah, it could be one of y'all. Wait a little while, all right, and then we'll send you out. But anyway, uh, we want to help a church planner. We were sitting at a hotel, and uh, we noticed someone had a wristband on that was going to the same conference we were, and so we started talking, and this is the Watson family. And they're actually, they live in Huntsville right now. They're about to move to Ch- right outside of Chattanooga in a little city called Ottawa, and they're going to plant an art church in Ottawa, Tennessee. And so they're actually coming here in a few weeks, and we get to bless their church with a financial gift so that they can plant strong over in Chattanooga. Y'all give God a hand for that. I think that's awesome. And you'll get to meet them, and they'll hopefully bring some of their team. I'm super, I'll, anytime we can bring a church planner, we're going to do it. All right, well, another thing we're going to do is we, uh, how many of y'all went to go help us paint at Neo Church? Did anyone come do that? Okay, uh, Sadie and me and Stephanie and some people that aren't here. Okay, so we ended up uh, going over to help this church plan. It's called Neo Church, and they started right before COVID. I mean, like a, maybe a year before COVID, not far yeah, so a year before COVID, about six months before COVID. Well, right after they launched their church, they found out that uh, Sarah, the wife of this couple, has cancer. And, uh, and this is the second time she's had cancer. And his prognosis was not very good. Uh, but thank God she started this treatment and the cancer has stopped growing completely. They actually think it could be dying, which is really, really good. Uh, and they actually just got that report a couple of weeks ago. They're some great friends of ours, but they have had a really tough time. Uh, they both got COVID pretty bad, uh, and that happened right when they were meeting. The first Sunday they were supposed to be in their new building, both of them have COVID. They couldn't meet, uh, and they've just they've had a hard time. I mean, I can tell you this is tough, I'm, and, uh, and so they've had a tough time, and they're living off their savings. Steph and I know what that's like. This is what we signed up for. I'm not complaining. I'd do it again tomorrow if I had any more savings left. I would do it again tomorrow, right? I love it. And I'm, they love it too. But what we want to do is they have one daughter. She's what, 11, maybe 10, 11 years old, something like that. And uh, we're going to provide Christmas for their family. And uh, we're going to help alleviate that and give them a Christmas uh, that they can that worry about it financially. And we're going to bless their family with that. I want y'all to give God a hand for that. I think that's super awesome. All right, one thing that kind of we did a ton during the pandemic was we did give a meal. We're gonna do at least two of those. We might end up doing three. We're gonna, we gotta work it out. Thomas is a little busy right now. So we're gonna figure out what we can do, when we can do it, but we're gonna do that. And the best part about give a meal is this, is that not only do you get free food and the food is phenomenal, it, they do a great job. Kathy Sugar and Spice will hook it up. They're great. Uh, but we pray for every person. And I can't tell you how people change 
when they pull up in that car and they think they're just about to take home a, a frozen meal that's been prepared for them, and we say, how can we pray for you today? It all changes. They'll go, well, my son is into drugs, or hey, my marriage is falling apart. I haven't had a job in six months. Would you pray? I mean, these people need way more than food, and we provide that. We sit and we pray specifically. We pray by name. We pray by issue. And that has touched hundreds and hundreds of people since we've done that. We're doing a few more of those. All right, the next thing. I'm excited about this too. Is Friday, Steph and I went by the Senior Center in uh, Sumner County, right on Rockland Road, right down the street from here. And uh, man, the lady that runs that, her name is Julie. She's a fantastic woman. She treat It's a government-run thing, but she treats it like a ministry. She calls it a ministry. And this is what she does. She loves working with these people, right? These senior citizens of our area. And she's created a space where she has a community center where they'll go, they'll play cards. And they were playing, they were playing some cards when we showed up on Friday, like getting into it. They have a puzzle. T- I mean, they do all kinds of fun stuff. They have workout programs. But they, one thing that she does that, uh, man, that, that she is, she lit up about when I said, what do you need help with right now? She said, our Thanksgiving luncheon uh, on November 19th, uh, man, we need someone to provide the turkeys and to cook them. Well, guess what we're doing? We're providing the, typically the Huckabee Show does this. I'm glad that we can do it, all right? The church is gonna step up. We're gonna provide turkeys. We're gonna get them made however we can, all right? We might be sharing your smoker or your oven, all right? But we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. We're gonna provide that for them and provide, we're gonna volunteer there and just bring some life into that senior center. I'm super excited about it. Y'all give God a hand for that. I'm really excited about it. Couple more. I'm not done. I can't wait. Here we go. All right, we're going to do something called a mini dollar club. Now, our church isn't like super big. We've come from super big churches. And what we, what a dollar club typically is, is that we'll ask a a church that has, you know, 40,000 people that come on a weekend. Lord, would you do it here? That'd be great. We'd be reaching people like crazy. But our church, that's where we came from, a big, big church. And we would ask everybody for one Sunday a month just to bring one dollar. Everybody can bring a dollar. Find four quarters in your couch. I don't care how you get it, but we would bring uh, a dollar and we would bless a ministry or we would renovate someone's home that needs it. We would do something crazy with that $1 that everyone brought. Well, we're gonna kind of do that same idea on a smaller scale. And so what we're gonna do is that we are gonna give each of our small groups a certain amount of cash uh, while they're meeting in small groups and have the small group go out into the community all right? You're going to go out into the community and you're going to pray and you're going to have the Spirit of God lead you to somebody with your 50 bucks or whatever it is. And you're going to go and you're going to bless a person in our community uh, just from your small group. And you could pay for their groceries. You could pay for their gas. You can go to laundromat and pay for people's laundry. Uh, you could go, you could do whatever you want with it as long as you give it all away and you bless somebody or a couple of people in our community with that money. Because I want our groups, I man, I want that to be a heart of our church, right? Go out, find a need, and fill the need, all right? And, and so I know that we've talked about we, uh, our men's breakfast that meets, we meet every Tuesday morning at Cracker Barrel. We had the same waitress every single week named Tammy. Well, guess what? I'd love to bless Tammy one day and say, here's however much, like, here's what we want to do. We want to bless you. You've been so great. And now she don't even ask us what we want for food anymore. She just brings it out. It's amazing. I love Tammy. <laughs> but find someone like that and say, hey, man, we're from Oasis Church and we don't want anything from you, but we just love you. We want to bless you. We were praying for you today. And God sent us to you and we're going to buy your groceries today. Can you imagine? That person could, I'm telling you, 
I guarantee it. You're going to hear stories from people that go, I was praying for someone like you. And you're going to hear a story of a person that's hurting. And you're going to hear a story about a person that didn't know how they were going to pay for their groceries. And you just met that need. And that's going to make the light bulb go off in your brain and go, wow, there are 93,000 people like this all over this community. And they're just waiting on us to be the church. We get to be the church. Y'all give a hand for something like that. I'm super excited about it. And the last thing that we could think was uh, we're going to buy some gift cards. I'll just put this thing up to my mouth. It got a lot louder. I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> is we're going to buy some gift cards uh, to Kroger, Publix, Aldi, whatever we can do, right? And we're going to station us outside of here, outside of those places, and we're going to stop people. It's gonna, this might push you somebody out of your comfort zone, but this is what we do. This is like give a meal, but without buying the food, all right? So we're going to go and say, hey, how can we pray for you today? Boom, pray for them and say, hey, we want to help with your groceries today and give them a gift card and just bless them. With nothing in return. That's what we are about. That's what we're, we're every penny from this $10,000 is going to stuff like that. I want to touch as many people as we can in this community with that. And uh, man, because we honestly, the church, we can't spend $10,000 and just do outreach right now. But man, God blessed us. And you know how we're going to double that blessing is we're going to give it away. And listen, we might not see another dime come into this church like that, and that's okay. That's not what it's about. It's about blessing others with the blessings that God has given us. Are y'all on board with that? Come on. Are y'all excited? I'm so excited. Woo! I got 15 minutes to preach a message. Here we go. All right. Um, but I'm pumped about that. If I could waste time, I love wasting time doing something like that. And here's the deal. One more thing. Two more things. Uh, one, more, uh, one of those things is this. Uh, if you have an idea of something, none of this is set in stone. We haven't, we haven't like committed anything to anybody uh, verbally or anything. If you have an idea, man, please let us know. And I would prefer not to give to individuals, all right? I would love to give to a ministry or do something like, uh, like that's tangible, all right? I don't want to hand someone just cash. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather meet a need specifically. And so uh, help us. If you have an idea, I'm op- we're open to it, okay? Now, obviously, this isn't a million dollars. It's $10,000, but we can make this go a long way. And I think, uh, man, I think it's going to be awesome. So you have an idea, come see us. Second thing is this, I want to challenge some of you. Some of you are like, man, I really connected with this thing that he just talked about. Something in me was like, man, that sounds really exciting. I want to challenge you, match what the church is doing. So maybe if I give your small group 50 bucks to go bless somebody, maybe you throw in a 50 and you go, hey, this is, this is a little bit of a stretch for me, but man, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna match this. Maybe this $10,000 in this room could turn into 12, 15, I don't know. Do whatever, pray about it, do whatever God has you do. But generosity doesn't have to stop. But maybe something connected with you and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna bless Tammy too and I'm gonna give an, I'm gonna give an X amount, whatever it is. If something right here, you're like, hey, whatever you give that church planning couple to, to, to get Christmas for their family because they might not have any if you don't, like, hey, we'll, we'll just match whatever you're doing. I think that'd be pretty cool. Or, hey, how about let's do another family? Let's not just do one family's Christmas. Let's do a second family's Christmas. I don't know. Get creative. I love this. We can do whatever we want. It'd be great, and I think it'd be awesome. So those are the last two things I'll leave you. Are y'all pumped right now? I'm so excited. I can't wait. Okay, what are we talking about tonight? All right. Week two, last week, we talked about how we are full of faith. And let me tell you, what we're doing is requiring some faith. 
And I love that. And listen, anytime you take a step of faith, you can't lose. I'm just gonna be honest because you're trusting God. God can do anything. I believe he will do anything. And we learned that last week, we wanna be people that see in the spiritual, right? Faith is a sense in which we act in the spiritual realm. And so, man, I, I'll tell you right now, we were uh, worshiping at the art conference and uh, we were singing the song House of Miracles. We've sung it here a thousand times. Y'all probably sick of it. I don't care. I love that song, all right? That song is awesome. And during that song, we were singing, man, I was going in. I was full of faith in that moment. And I started praying, God, we need a place to meet. Would you, God, would you just open a door? Would you do it? And we've gone the th- Friday, we looked at three different places and one of them seems like it could work out, all right? So I'll need y'all as the church, be full of faith this week, be praying. Specifically, God, open that door for our church. God, open that door for our church. God, you know the best. Open that door for our church. We've been working hard, and I need you to be full of faith. I need you to be praying as a church this week, all right? So, hey, two times a day, 10 seconds each, say, God, help our church find a place. Pray for us, pray for us, pray for us, pray for us, please, uh, in this. But today, we're gonna talk about how we are committed to community. Y'all say committed to community. All right, y'all gotta be with me a little bit more on this. Y'all say committed to community. There we go, there we go. All right, and, but here's the deal. We live in a culture that is committed to self. Like, you're committed to you, right? Or people are committed just to them. If it ain't gonna help them, they're not gonna be a part of it. And what can I get out of it is what we hear all the time from people, right? Like, okay, hey, can you help me move? Well, if I help you move, you gotta help me move. You know what I'm saying? Or you, hey, if I do that, you gotta do this for me. We, we were working these deals, right? But God called us not to be committed to ourselves, but to be committed to community, to be committed to others, to live a life that impacts others, to live a life that, that takes others and we, we get arm in arm and we walk together. That's the type of life that God has called us to be. But we live in a time that's all about me. It's all about, turn on TikTok, turn on Instagram for five seconds. All it's about is, how many likes can I get on this? Ooh, can I go viral if I do this weird dance and lip sync and look, you know? Like, it's just what it's all about. But God called us to live differently. You know why? Because he created you to need other people. Now, some of you are like, I don't trust other people. I've been burned too many times in the past. I've let myself out there a few times and I've been let down time and time again. But guess what? God still has designed you to live in community with other people. If you wanna live a successful life, don't do it alone. If you wanna live a life that is meaningful, that can go the distance, then don't go alone. Now, you don't have to have a big group. The story we're gonna look at today, it was two people, but they were committed to each other. Steph and I have learned this while we're at the gym. I've told you about this a thousand times. We go take hit classes, which we gotta go back to tomorrow. So very excited about it. And tomorrow's hell week, right? Lord help us. Okay. Oh man. Uh, I told Stephanie, I was like, I'm gonna go twice a day during hell week. All right. I'm going once. All right, I'm gonna go once at least. Okay. But we've learned this is that, man, Not Thomas and Jess go every day. Uh, Emily will sometimes go whenever she's not working, but we're there all the time. But what's been really cool is that everybody, in we go to the eight o'clock hit classes every day, and now we've made friends. Like, that little class is like a little community. We know each other's names. We know what people do for a living. We've invited them to church. I mean, like, they are our friends. And you know what? 
I can't make it through those classes without those people. I don't even, they don't even know my kids' names half the time, but I'm like in the middle of doing the hundredth curl or the burpees or the put whatever. And I'm like, all I want to do is scream cuss words as loud as I can, right? I'm so miserable. I look over at Miss Melissa, who's the sweetest lady in the world. She's like, come on, Big Red, you got it, Big Red. And she's just encouraging. I love it. Or sometimes I look over and someone else is struggling. I'm like, hey man, come on, we got five. You can do anything for five seconds. Come on, we got this. And we're just encouraging each other. And it makes it easy to get through the class, right? Am I right? I mean, it's miserable when you show up to a class and like Stephanie couldn't go and no one else shows up and this is miserable. And uh, we weren't there last week. I'm sure y'all loved it while we weren't there, but uh, it, we just need each other. Life is the same way. Life is hard. Come on, is life hard for anyone else? Like life is hard. You need other people and you have to be committed to that idea because you don't, you are not going to naturally want to step into community because our natural response is just do it on our own. Like, I, I don't need their help. I'll figure it out myself. I'll do it on my own. And that's not the way God made you. You have to be committed to community. So today we're going to look at a story very quickly. All right. That we have to, I have to dive in deep here of two people that were first committed to God. That's step number one. If you want to be committed to community, first be connected to God and then uh, committed to God. And then you have to be committed to each other. You have to show up for each other. But these people, man, they were in a desperate situation. How many people love Marvel? Anybody like Marvel in here? Did anyone see Infinity War, right? The, the Infinity, okay, y'all got to turn on Disney Plus and watch some Marvel, okay? In Infinity War, Thanos, big bad guy that has the weird looking chin, right? Uh, he, he is the, he, I mean, he, in Infinity War, almost looks unbeatable. Like, what's his friend's names that were like, uh, do you know his bad guy friend's names, Joey? I'm looking at my encyclopedia. Okay. Well, he has these guys, Thanos and his crew are bad. And the Marvel people who we've watched for years destroy everybody in, in their path, right? They're awesome. They can't figure out how to beat Thanos, they can't figure out how to beat his crew, right? Like they just keep, and like Captain America is getting destroyed. Iron Man getting destroyed. Spider-Man getting destroyed. And it, that movie felt so hopeless. It was like, these people, how are they gonna win this? This is the type of story in the Bible that is like Thanos is the bad guy and these two people have to conquer the big bad people. And it, you're thinking, how in the world could they possibly do this? And it starts with a guy named Jonathan. Y'all say Jonathan. Now, Jonathan was the son of the king of Israel, and he was an officer in the army, and he had a guy with him. We don't even know the dude's name, and he was an armor bearer. You say armor bearer, and the armor bearer's job was to go anywhere that Jonathan went because he would hold on to the other weapons that Jonathan could use in battle. He would, he would carry his things for him. He was like an assistant, and so one day, it says this in 1 Samuel chapter 14, starting in verse 1, it says, one day Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on, hey, let's go over to where the Philistines have their outposts. But Jonathan, he didn't tell his father where he was going. And so Jonathan gets his bright idea. The Israelites, they're fighting the Philistines. The Philistines were terrible people, and they were much, 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 much bigger than the Israel army. Israel is such a small little country, and the Philistines were huge. And so here they are, they're sitting in their outpost, and Jonathan looks over at his armor bearer and goes, hey, let's sneak over and go find the Philistine camp. I mean, you want to go with me? And, but hey, don't tell anybody we're going anywhere. And so that's what they did. It says this in verse 3. No one realized Jonathan had left the Israelite camp to reach the Philistine outposts. Jonathan had to, listen to this, 
Jonathan to get to the outposts, to get to the, the Philistine camp. He had to go down between two rocky cliffs. Okay, so here's how it was set up. On this side, you had a rocky cliff and you had to, you had to go down into a valley and then it came up and the Philistine outpost was over here. So Jonathan had to go down this rocky cliff, go over and climb up another rocky cliff to get to the, the Philistine outpost. Now, they didn't have belays set up in this rock. They didn't have rock climbing gear. They didn't have ropes. They didn't have carabiners. They didn't have a harness. They had their bare hands and their feet and all their weapons. And here's what they did. And then uh, it says this in chapter, or chapter 14, verse six, it says, let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said. And then he says something interesting. He says, hey, we're gonna go see this army, just the two of us. We're gonna go find this army of Philistines. Oh, by the way, and we have to climb down a rock face and then go climb up a rock face with our bare hands and feet. And you would think that Jonathan, if he had this grand plan to do something this stupid, he would have a good plan. Like he would like, hey, here's what we're gonna do. Here's how tactical we're gonna be. But he says this, he says, perhaps the Lord will help us. okay. Let me translate it for you. Hey, maybe this will work, right? Like, okay, hey, I know this is incredibly stupid. I know we shouldn't be climbing down this cliff by ourselves. I know that we shouldn't be going by ourselves. To the field. That means surely they're gonna kill us, but maybe this might work. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm the armor bearer and I see Jonathan tell me this, I would say, you're high, dude. Like, what are you saying? Like, maybe Maybe this will work. Like maybe this is, you're asking me to risk my life. I have a family and kids back home. I carry your heavy junk around all day long and just maybe this will work. This is how you're gonna treat me? Well, let me tell you something. His Paul, or not Paul bearer, his armor bearer, he had it, he didn't, he about turned into his Paul bearer, but his armor bearer, he had an amazing thing to say. But I want you to know something right now, that most of us, uh, we would have a problem with this plan. We would have a problem when things got tough and we didn't know what the outcome would be. We would ditch our friends in that moment. We would say, hey, this is just too much work for me. Hey, I don't know if I can do this with you. Hey, you have a lot going on right now and I'm just gonna pull away from you a little bit. Like, I don't think this is a good idea and all that kind of stuff. But even in the midst of a maybe, you have to be committed to community. Even in the midst of, I don't know how this is gonna work out. I don't know what's on the other side of this, the uncertainty, you have to be committed to each other. Here's what the pallbearer says. It says this, Jonathan said to his pallbearer, come, let's go over to the outpost and let's kill these guys, right? He says, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Perhaps God will do something. And he says, nothing can hinder the Lord from saying, uh, from, from doing this, whether by many or by few. And here's how his pallbearer responds. So Jonathan lays out and says, hey, listen, God can do whatever he can do. Maybe he'll actually show favor to us. And here's what, the, here's what the armor bearer says. He says, do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. And he says this, let's go ahead. And he says, I'm with you, heart and soul. I'm with you, heart and soul. Wherever you go, Jonathan, I'm there. Whatever you need, I'm there. If you want me to get your back, I got your back. If you want me to carry this stuff, I'm gonna carry it. I'm with you, heart and soul. Whatever you think is best, man, I'm there. I'm there to support you. I'm there to support you. You need friends that are with you. You need a community that is with you, heart and soul, through thick 
and thin. Through the times where it's annoying to be your friend sometimes, you need friends that are gonna stick there though and they're gonna say, hey, I'm with you heart and soul. I'm not gonna back down. I'm not gonna give up on you. I see that the best days are ahead of you. I see that God has his hand in this in your life. I'm gonna pray for you. I'm full of faith for you. I'm here. I'm with you heart and soul. And when you're committed to people like that, God can do the impossible. You have to be committed to people that are gonna be in your corner like that. And you gotta be that person to someone else. You have to be committed to that type of community. You have to be with people heart and soul. No matter how crazy it seems, no matter how uh, hard it might be, be committed. Be a person that's committed heart and soul to somebody. And here's what it said. Here's what happens. Jonathan, he tells uh, his, his armor bearer, he says, hey, if we go over this mountain and we'll know that God's with us, if the Philistines say this certain phrase. Well, sure enough, here's what happens. In verse 12, it says, the men at the outpost shouted at Jonathan and his armor bearer, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. That was the secret phrase. All right. Not a very cool secret phrase, but it was the phrase they needed to know that God was with them. And it says, so Jonathan said to his armor bearer, climb up with me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet, up at rock face, using his hands and feet, and with his armor bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. In the first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about a half an acre. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about right there. You need friends that you can go to battle with. You need friends that is gonna get your back, right? You need friends that you can fight with, that you can get into life with and go, you know what? Typically, this thing would take me out, but because, man, I got Thomas committed to me, I got this person committed to me, nothing can take us out. Man, when you are committed to God and when you're committed to some others and in some community, God can do the impossible. They never should have won this battle. They were outnumbered like 60 to like 15,000, 600 to 15,000. And they grow up into this camp and they kill 20 people like that. Why? Because they were committed to God and they were committed to each other. You have to be a person that's committed to God and committed to each other. The Ecclesiastes says it like this. It says, a person standing alone, they can be attacked and defeated. Some of you come in here and you feel attacked and you've been defeated by something. Could it be because you've been trying to fight alone? Could it be because you haven't been very committed to a community before? And it says, but two, they can stand back to back and conquer. But here's the best. But three are even better. For a triple braided, uh, braided cord is not easily broken. You don't have to have a lot of people in your inner circle. In fact, I would advise you not to have that many people in your inner circle. But you need at least one. Two's even better. Why? Because we have to be committed to each other. Showing up for each other. Being there for each other saying, hey, I know you're struggling with this right now. Why don't you just, man, can we just bring you dinner tonight? Can we do this for you? Man, we would love to do this for you. It makes a difference, guys. And we wanna be a church that's committed to that. That's why, you know what, coming over to a house tonight, yes, make it a priority. If you got stuff cooking at home, okay, leave it. Eat it for lunch tomorrow. Just come hang out. Be committed to community. To show up, just to be around other, there's no agenda tonight. We're not gonna sit around the fire and get my guitar out and sing. I'm not doing anything like that. That's the last thing I wanna do tonight. I wanna sit, I wanna hang out with you guys. I wanna know how your life's going. I wanna know how crazy your last week was. Like, I wanna know these things. And man, I, we have to be committed to that type of community. You know, I've given this illustration when we were online, which 
I don't know how many of y'all are watching this online. I barely watched it online, I felt like, half the time. But it says this, uh, I found this, it's a crazy statistic. A draft horse, it can pull 8,000 pounds on its own. That's pretty crazy. How much do you think two draft horses could, could pull if you put them together? Hmm? A lot of people go, 16, right? Like, that's what I thought. Let me tell you, two draft horses that have been taught how to walk step in step with each other can pull over 24,000 pounds together. That's crazy. The Bible says it like this, share each other's burdens. Man, you've been trying to drag around all this weight behind you for so long, all this baggage that you've accumulated over your life, and there's nothing, everybody's got it. I'm not shaming anybody. Everybody's got the baggage. Everybody's got the stuff that's heavy in their life, and you've been dragging it, and guess what? You're tired, you're stressed, you're angry, you're sweating like crazy. It's hot all the time because you're working so hard. Guess what happens when you link up with one other person? You get to share that burden, and you get to link up with another person and go, hey, we're gonna do this thing together. And you get to link up, and guess what? That load is still there, but it's a lot lighter. What would our lives look like if we decided just to link up with each other, be committed to community a little bit, and go, hey, I know my life is hard. I have a lot of stuff that's going on. I have a lot of stuff that's gone on. I have a lot of baggage. Man, that's what we have groups for. And if you haven't joined a group, if you haven't started your group, start. I don't care if it's in the semester. We do that so it's easy to get on and off. If you don't like a group, you can leave it, right? And it's 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 finite amount of time. But go join in our group and just share those things. In our group, at our men's group, it's so easy. In our survivor group, we don't get super spiritual. Like it's not, we're not studying revelation and trying to discern to determine when Jesus is coming back. No. We go, hey, we, we do what we call happies and crappies. Share me something that made you happy this week. And share me, share something that was crappy this week. That's all that's all we do. But that gives us an idea of like where you are in life. How, how can we celebrate with you? But also, how can we be praying for you? What need do you have right now? Man, we're gonna pray for that right now. Hey, let's pray. Boom, and we're praying. And you know what? Like, I don't like sharing that either. But it's so good for you. That's how you share each other's burdens. That's how you link up to another horse and go, hey, I know this is heavy, but we're gonna get through this thing together. And we're gonna lighten the load, and we're gonna do that. You need each other. You can't do life alone. Please don't try to do life alone. Doing life alone, I'm, I'm telling you, is so lonely. It feels hopeless. You get caught up in things like anxiety and depression way more, way uh, easier. Uh, it, the devil uses that. The devil's trying to find the people that are alone. But it's hard to get to somebody when you have a, people surrounding you that are making you better. But let me tell you, it takes commitment. It ain't easy. You're not gonna wanna come to our house tonight. Why? Because you've been doing stuff all day, Sunday night football's on, you're tired, you gotta get, well, I know that. But you gotta be committed. You're not gonna wanna go to group sometimes. Well, first of all, how about you make group fun? Go and be, be the person why it's fun, right? Like, like, be committed to it. Say, I'm not missing. Like, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna make this a priority in my life. I mean, be committed to other people. And then let people be committed to you. Let them help you. Quit pushing away the blessings that God's trying to give you through other people and just receive it. We have, guys, when we do this, God can do anything. Nothing's impossible. And I'm telling you, I'm so excited because I think uh, our church is getting to a point where our foundation is being built right now. 
And we know we can't have, we, we, we can't sustain something larger if the foundation isn't right. But God's making our foundation strong. And that's going to happen through community. I'm just telling you. That's the way God has planned it. That's the way God's designed it. So you need to be committed to that. We have to be committed to community. That means we're going to live a life that's going to be meaningful to other people. Here, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Hey, uh, maybe while I was teaching tonight, in a record time, I would say, on, on a message, but maybe as uh, I was teaching tonight, you were like, man, this is really hard for me. I have a hard time trusting other people and I have a hard time opening up to other people. Clint, would you just pray for me that I could do that a little bit easier this week? But God, would you pray uh, that God would help me be more open with my community this week? If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand right now in this place. No one's looking around. If that's you, raise your hand. Come on. Don't be shy. That's okay. All right, put your hands down. I'm gonna pray for you. God, I pray for these people that have raised their hands. And I know sometimes it's so hard to share things that are going on because it feels like we're going to be a burden to somebody or whatever. But God, I pray that is a lie from the devil. And I pray, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus right now. I pray you would make us people that can share and just be honest and be okay with that. It's okay to not be okay. But God, we know it's not okay to stay that way. And the only way we find healing is by opening up. So God, I pray that you would help us be open to our community this week. Help us share. Help us put ourselves out there. And God, I pray that this church is a safe place, a place where we listen to each other and we link arms with each other and we walk step in step with each other because that's who you've called us to be. God, we love you. We thank you so much. And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed still, maybe you're in here. I haven't done this in a few weeks. And you've never made a decision to commit your life to Jesus. Well, let me tell you, that's the best community you could be a part of. And when you commit your life to Jesus, I'm not telling you that your circumstances change, but your hope can change right now. And if you want to uh, accept Jesus in your life, if you've never done that before, on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. And no one's looking, all right, we're not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to bring you up here and, and, and ask you to share anything, nothing like that. But maybe you need to make that decision today. On the count of three, if that's you, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Awesome, you can put your hand down. And if, uh, man, if you want to make that a part, if you want to make that decision tonight, I want to invite you just in your heart, in the quiet of this moment, you don't have to say it out loud, just in your heart. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. There's nothing magical about this prayer. But, man, what this prayer signifies is a change of heart. And that's what matters. So if that's you, you can say this in your heart. Say, Dear God, I need you. I invite you into my life. I make you the Lord of my life. I receive what you did for me on the cross. And in the best way I know how, I will live for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on, y'all give God a hand for the people that may have made that decision tonight.